going to use that opportunity to go and, and indoctrinate these kids with your street ghetto philosophy. Certain point. If you raise your level of income to the status of a rock star, then uh -huh, uh -huh, then, right. then you got to keep coming up with ways to maintain that status. We, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even saying eat meat, but at least put some cereal in the milk. Come on. <laughs> you, that's like taking six, 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 the mark of the beast, and redefining it like Biggie tried to do, and saying no, it means this or that. No, 666 is 666. You can call it holy 666, but it's still the mark of the beast. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Greg Lewis. Blessings to all. This is G. Craig Lewis uh, at EX Ministries, as well as uh, pastor of Adamant Believers Council here in Grand Prairie, Texas, soon to be uh, North Richland Hills, Texas. And we're excited about all that God is doing at our church uh, here locally, as well as through EX Ministries abroad. And we just thank God for every opportunity that I have to come before you. To uh, give you what I believe God has given us for this final hour that we're in. And uh, first, I just want to say uh, thank you all for your prayers. Uh, we are about to shoot our um, 11th installment of the Truth Behind Hip Hop, Color of Blood. Uh, next week, October 21st uh, and 22nd, it will be in Broadview, Illinois, which is right uh, in Chicago, right near O'Hare Airport. Uh, hopefully, if you're in the area, you'll be able to come out to that at 7 p.m. Friday the 21st and 10 a.m. Saturday the 22nd. And I'll be doing this message, Color of Blood. It's taken me a couple of months to prepare this message, but I believe that this message is pivotal for the body of Christ uh, to give us some answers to all of the different things that are going on concerning our elections, concerning the racial tension in our nation, concerning, uh, you know, just the falling away of the leadership of preachers and pastors and different ones, as well as the hip hop um, subculture and how it plays into all of this. It's a it's just going to be a powerful time. And I hope you'll be able to come out. Of course, admission is free. And I thank Pastor Parker, who is just a wonderful pastor there at Broadview Missionary Baptist Church for opening his doors and allowing this event to take place in the heart of Chicago. We just thank God for it in advance. And I need your prayers. So make sure you are praying for me, praying for my family, praying for the church family here at Adam and Believers Council, that God just does what he always does and gives us a word for everyone to um kind of decipher and decode this end time agenda of the enemy. And, uh, you know, all you have to do is look around, open a magazine, or open your computer and you can see just how bad things are getting. And I remember when I started the ministry, especially when I started the uh, radio broadcast, I started just like this. And I was talking about all these things that we are now seeing. They're all coming to pass. They're all happening. And it's just unbelievable how the church is just turning a deaf ear 
a deaf ear and and closing their eyes and pretending that this stuff is not going on and would rather just preach about, you know, miracle season and harvest and destiny, purpose and favor and motivate people to, you know, just run out excited, uh, full of um, fake joy, and fake, you know, laughter uh, while, you know, folks get rich and folks just sit back and get money. And nobody's really talking about I don't want to say nobody because there are pastors that are talking about it. But I mean, like mainstream, they're just not talking about what's going on. Uh, we got all these reality shows where preachers would rather just sit up and and talk about nothing than talk about the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I can't believe some of these bishops got talk shows and they don't even mention Christ. I was looking at T.D. Jake's talk show the other day. He didn't even mention Christ it, within three shows. He never even mentioned Christ. And I'm like, isn't, isn't Christ the one that saved you and and saved you from your sins? Isn't Christ the one that you use to even get a platform like that? How do you get on TV? How do you get on one of these networks and just totally deny Christ? And, you know, I was, we have a clip even in our uh, trailer of the um, color of blood where we see, you know, the preachers show and they're all gathered around and they when they're praying, uh, E. Dewey Smith says, you know, we, we ask all these things respecting of other faiths in Jesus name. I'm like respecting other faiths. I mean, what in the world are we talking about here? What are these preachers doing? But we know that it is the last hour and this is what the Bible said would happen, said men would become lovers of themselves. And when you're a lover of yourself, you don't care about anybody else. You just care about getting what you want. You care about what people think of you. You care about what people say about you. And you just really care about how you look in front of people. And that's the problem we have now in the body of Christ. And that's what I want to talk about, because there's no way we can get to the place where God wants us to be if we keep our eyes on ourselves you know the the foundation of what christianity is is the love for our neighbor or the love for our brother or the love for someone else jesus died you know the bible tells us for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for he so loved the world not he loved himself but he loved the world and he gave his son for the world and the bible tells us that no greater love than this than a man would lay down his life for a friend so we know that our, our walk as a Christian is about sacrifice and it's about sacrificing what we want, what we want to do, how we want to look for others. And if we can even bring this down to a more narrow focus when we talk about the home, because the home is where this is supposed to begin. It's it's where selflessness is supposed to be born. When a mother is pregnant with her child, her focus immediately should become the child. And from then on, her focus should be making sure the child has everything the child needs, not what she needs, but what the child needs. Same thing with the man. When the man decides to marry a woman, then his focus is the family and taking care of that woman. That woman should have everything she needs from that man through that man. He should be her provider, her protector and her priest. But that takes selflessness. That takes dying to oneself and understanding that it's not about me anymore. It's about someone else. And this is or this should be the focus of every believer. But because it's not the focus of believers, self selfishness 
has set in and that is an antichrist agenda because we remember in Isaiah 14 and 11 that's where the devil just basically said look here's what I want I want to be lifted up I want to be the one and he made the worship he was supposed to be given to God he he wanted that worship and he made that worship about himself and that's how he got kicked out of heaven same thing with Adam and Eve in the garden they made what they wanted more important than what God wanted so instead of doing what God said they did what they wanted and that's what caused the sin in our world today and so this is a problem and this problem needs to be addressed but it's hard for preachers to address this when that selfless selfishness is in them it's hard to address something when you are a victim of it it's hard to address something when you are content with thinking that way or being that way and so this is the problem and our children grow up with this selfishness in their homes and when it's in their homes and when it's ingrained in their parents then when they grow up it's in them and so this is the problem so i want to just kind of share some things you know ending our uh casting your cares series here uh just kind of a little side thing I, some things i wanted to emphasize i only i kind of talked about these things a little bit and i wanted to kind of just reiterate some things because i felt it very important that we get refocused and make our focus our children again whether it's speaking life into them laying hands on them calling things into them so that they won't have to suffer like we did but that takes some selflessness so let's talk about this uh, because i think this is very important when we desire to impress others we will cause many cares to overwhelm us and this is very important to understand because when when other people's opinion become our focus then we try to live for them and for ourselves and for our families something is going to get uh <laughs> lost in that some some's going to be in a deficit there's no way we can spread ourselves to please everyone in our home please everyone outside of our home and look good in front of others and then try to live up to some kind of dream that we had when we was young you know all of these things there's no way a human being can do that. We, you, you will spread yourself too thin. So somebody is going to be lacking. Something is going to be lacking. So when we desire to impress others, that's just bringing too many cares on us. And it's making our way too heavy. Proverbs 16 and 18 says pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. This is telling us that when you have this kind of pride where you are trying to look good in front of others or whatever, you're putting so many heavy cares on yourself and you're taking things into your matters into your own hands you lose the protection of god and you will fall that haughty spirit is gonna fall because you are not protected by god when you live for the opinions of others the desire to look good to others comes from low self-worth and discontentment so low self-worth and discontentment that was born because somebody before you was selfish now that's in you and you are rearing someone that's going to be selfish. And that's the way it goes. It turns into a cycle because unless somebody stands up and breaks it and says, you know what? I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to dedicate my life to my family. I'm going to dedicate my life and my existence to my children. I'm going to make sure I pour this into them so that they can have what they need. Unless someone stands up and, and does that, low self-worth is just going to be a cycle. It's just going to keep coming because the more into yourself you are, the less you have for others. The less you have for others, those same 
others are going to look for a replacement for you. When they do that, they're operating out of the same spirit you are operating out of with low self-worth and discontentment. Psalms 139 and 14 says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And this is the key part. And that my soul knoweth right well. So this is telling us that God made us all fearfully and wonderfully, meaning that we should have esteem from from being made in the image of God, the way he made us. And our soul knoweth what is right. But when we don't operate in that and when we don't uh, adhere to that or when we don't accept that fact and we depend on the opinions of others, we'll begin to look at ourselves as some kind of failure or some kind of, you know, mistake or or we're just, you know, not living up to our full potential. And this causes that low self-worth and discontentment. Salvation is supposed to make us new creations. But when we are prideful, salvation does not bring us contentment. Now, listen to that. Salvation is supposed to be the answer. You know, I remember the old song, Jesus is the answer for the world today. I mean, folks can't even sing that anymore because Jesus isn't the answer for them. These folks, a lot of people call themselves believers. They call themselves Christians. They say they are in Christ and yet they are discontent. They don't like themselves. They don't like their existence. They don't like what they have. They want more. They want to be like someone else. They want to prove their worth. They want to prove their value. That's not being content with salvation. Salvation is supposed to come and make us new, make us brand new and give us godliness with contentment. That's what salvation is all about. But now salvation isn't even working for folks. Now, you know, you in trouble when salvation don't work for you. And these folks sit in the church discontent and upset with their existence. They hate the car they have to drive. They hate the house they live in. They hate the fact that they had these children and they in my way. And who? why do we have this child? And, and, and they're all in my way. And I can't be who I want to be because I got these kids. I can't be who I want to be because. I got pregnant. I can't be what I want to be because I got these bills and all of this. People are talking like this. So it's like salvation can't even help them. They're just in a bad discontent state. And it is very, very sad. First John two and 16 says for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life is not of the father, but it is of the world. This scripture is telling us right here. A person that's complaining and, and discontent and hate their existence and don't even like their kids, don't like their husband, want to be out of the marriage so they can go out and live in this. They have their eyes on the world. And the Bible is saying that if they have their eyes on the world, then they wasn't a Christian to begin with. So a lot of these folks that are saying they're saved and that they believe if you have that kind of discontentment, then you are not uh, say you the, the father is not in you the bible says if your eyes are on the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life then you're not saved and i guarantee you you're gonna fall into sin and you're gonna start living a life to to exemplify the fact that you're not saved you know you're gonna come in church and shout and dance and raise your hand up and speak in tongues whatever but when you leave church you're gonna need some weed you're gonna need a cigarette you're gonna need to get drunk you're gonna need some kind of substance because you are are not right something in you is very very wrong and that's what's birthing that discontentment because if 
salvation and God is really in you, then your eyes aren't on the world. The world has nothing for you. This scripture says it, that if you have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye or the pride of life, none of these things are of the father. So we need to make sure that our desires are right. And we aren't always desiring things that we cannot have. The Bible also tells us, um, well, let me read this. Pride plagues the home of many present day believers. Men and women with this spirit cast aside their God given creation roles for their own desire to look a certain way to others. Now, I've been on this creation role thing for about five years now. When God first spoke that to me, the word create or oh, the phrase creation role. When he spoke that to me, I went into an intense study and began to really look up what creation role was. And I wanted to make sure I was in line with it because creation role is, is simply what God created you to be. Your contentment comes from that. Your purpose comes from that with out that you're going to be seeking the world for validation. You're going to want to show off. You're going to want to be seen. You're going to want to be known. You're going to want somebody to call your name. You're going to want something outside of God's uh, plan for your life. If you are not content with the role he created you in. So because of this, pride is plaguing homes and causing people to to leave that you know to just walk away from their creation role meaning they don't even want to do what they were created to do men that don't want to be the heads of their house they want their wife to run everything they don't want to pay the bills of their house they want their wife to pay everything they don't want to you know speak life into their sons and daughters and 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 be the priest of the home they don't want to be the protector of the home somebody breaking the home they hollering hollering like a woman I mean, they just don't they don't want to be a man. And this is what's causing this gender identity problem, because when young boys see a strong man, they want to be a strong man. When young girls see a strong man, they want to marry a strong man. This is where the identity of the home comes from. Creation roles. But weak men hate creation roles and <laughs> weak men don't want no creation role because that means they got to step up and be a man. And a lot of men don't want to step up and be a man they want to be a piece of a man and let their wife handle the rest of it and that's what's destroying these homes right now first timothy 5 and 8 says but if any provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel meaning he's worse than a sinner god looks at a man that does not provide as worse than a sinner Basically, you might as well forget getting on your knees and praying for anything because anything a weak man is going to get, his wife going to have to give it, get it for him because God is nowhere in that. God needs men to be strong. God needs men to stand up and be the providers, protectors and priests of their home. If you don't do that, you're not in the image of God or the likeness of God, because those are the three attributes of God to man. God is our provider. He's our protector and he's our priest. And we should be the same for our families and the same with the wife. The wife is supposed to be the nurturer of the home. She's supposed to be nur nurturing her children. When she gives birth to a child, the child should be the focus of the woman. The man should put the woman in the place where she can focus on the child. These are things that are important to God. And these are things that are birthing the issues that we have in our world right now because the creation roles are being ignored 
Unfortunately, many parents have neglected their children while seeking ways to be exalted or lifted up in the eyes of family and friends. So people would rather go outside of the home and get praised than be praised in the home for doing a good job. And that is so sad. I mean, your children ought to think me and your children ought to think you are the world. They ought to think that the world that the sun rises and sets on you. They should think you are great. And when you get that in the home, you don't need that in the world. But if you whack and you trash that your kids can't think that about you and so you got to go out and try to rap and get a rap album or you got to go out and 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 march with the black lives matter you got to do something to try to gain some kind of validation or credibility with the world because you trash in your home and that's a shame because that glory and praise that you are desiring should come from the fact that you are taking care of the business of your home that your family is resting on your shoulders that you are the strength of your home and they depend on you to carry things they depend on you for their problems they depend on you they don't have to look outside the home for help you are the help in the home when this happens this causes the children and the wife and the family to even be covered in their own contentment and they're content with that when the man is in his place so we have to make sure that we're in our place And that way we won't be seeking to be lifted up outside of the home. We won't be looking. We won't have the superstar complex and trying to get our name out there or all on the Internet telling all our business and trying to look like something that we're really not all on social media and all this This stuff comes from people that are whack in their homes. So we need to get ourselves together in our homes and that way our family Or that way we won't look to be exalted outside of our family. Proverbs 29 and 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. So where we are not when we are lacking in the home and not in the proper position of the home, the children are going to grow up one day and they're going to bring shame to you just because you weren't in the rightful place in the home. When we invest in ourselves to impress others, we will have severe cares later on in life because we choose to ignore the needs of our children and spouses. It is impossible to selfishly seek our own way while meeting our family's needs. Now, this is very important because we know that, you know, when they're little babies, you know, we think they're not paying attention. And so we out there trying to get our thing or whatever. We're out there trying to make our name for ourselves or whatever. We're neglecting them. Well, one day they're going to grow up and when they grow up, they're going to grow up and have some deficits. And those deficits amplify the older they get. And then you want to just quit on them. You just want to blame them. Oh, they got bad blood. Oh, they got the blood of their great grandmama and she was a witch. Oh, somebody set them in a pentagram when they was young and took some of their blood and drunk it. And now they the demon spawn of hell. Man, your kids are a product of you. You did that to your children. That's why we are responsible. You got to take responsibility for your bad kids. Your kids are bad because of bad leadership. And that's what we got to face. We have to face the fact that the children are only going to be a product of who we are. Proverbs 17 and 25 says a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that 
bear him. So this is telling us right here. It's your fault. It's our fault. Train up a child the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. That's a guarantee from the Lord. If we train them up right, they'll be okay. If we don't train them up right, they won't be okay. That's a guarantee from the Lord. So we can't blame the water. Oh, they was putting something in the water and in, in that neighborhood we was living in. And I, I just knew one day that was going to cause our kids to go crazy. No, no, nothing in that water. It was in you. And that's why we have to make decisions now to push selfishness aside and take care of our responsibility in raising our children. When selfish expectations or negative things are spoken over us at a young age, they can cause us to strive and totally abandon our creation roles. Proverbs 18 and 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit of it. So when we have selfish expectations, we'll begin to speak negative things over our children at a young age. That's true because we'll see our discontentment and take it out on our children. Man, if these children weren't here, man, if I didn't have to have them, I could be, I could do what I want to do. I could do. Well, those are negative things you are speaking and they will cause a bitter root to grow up in your children. So when they get older, that bitterness will begin to come out and you're going to have some behavioral problems from your children. Consequently, when nothing is spoken over us, it can cause us to seek our own way as well. Ne- neglect can be just as dangerous as negative speech. In the long run, both reactions will lead to heavy care. So a parent, a father especially, that doesn't speak things over his children at all, then That could be just as bad as speaking negative things. That means your child has no direction. It's up to the father to speak the direction into the children. And when we don't do that, then it causes the children to grow up with no direction. Luke 6 and 45 just breaks it down real good and says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. This is telling us that you can't speak nothing that you're not. So you can't speak life into the child if you don't have that life. You can't even speak provision. You can't even teach your son how to provide, protect, and be the priest of his home if you're not being that over your home. That's why a lot of men don't speak it. That's why they don't speak life into their children. They don't speak into their boys and tell them one day you're going to grow up and and, and take care of a woman. You're going to grow up and take care of your children. You're going to be a provider one day. They can't say that because they're not taking care of their own children and their own families. And this just goes on and on. They can only speak what they are. They can only speak what is in their heart. And this is the problem. It's hard to speak life and God's will over our children when we are not following God's will ourselves as a result our children go without it and are left to themselves concerning their spiritual state and that's where the bible really comes in with train up a child in the way they should go that's proverbs 22 and 6 when he's old he will not depart from it that is a guarantee the absolute hardest burden to carry are the cares that come from wayward children We are living in a time where our children are easily misguided by what they hear in music, what they see on TV, movies and the Internet and what they learn from their peers. This is why it's so important that they see 
and hear the right thing from us as parents. We are their examples, their teachers, and their leaders. We are totally responsible for their well-being, and we cannot avoid it. We must put aside our selfish motives and desires and make sure we are training them up in the way they should go. This is the way of the Lord. However, we must first model this behavior before we can effectively teach this behavior. The Bible says that if they are trained upright, they will not depart from it. We must deny ourselves and invest wholly in them. Affectation in a parent will greatly multiply, multiply affectation in the children. We know what the parents do in moderation. The children will do excessively. We must make sacrifices and do whatever we can to eliminate these heavy cares and to ensure the well-being of our families. Instead of trying to impress outsiders, we should impress our family by showing how committed we are to them. Psalms 127 and three, and I'm closing with this. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of the mighty, so are children of the youth. The Bible is telling us that our children should be our arrows, meaning that we should send them out and they should go forward. No bow and arrow shoots an arrow backwards. Arrows go forward. Our children should go forward, meaning all the deficits we have, our children shouldn't have them. All that we went through growing up, our children shouldn't go through it. All of that. We should protect them by making sure we're investing in them and making them the arrows of the Lord so that the heritage of the Lord can continue on through them. You've been listening to a true church perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.